Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice. My name is Nana Bonsu, President and CEO of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. We focus on helping small business owners grow their companies uh, while dealing with challenges with whether it's uh, labor quality shortages or labor cost or competition for large businesses. We do this primarily through leveraging technology, team management, and business strategy. This particular podcast focuses on those type of topics. Every week, we bring a different expert to talk about things of interest and top of mind for business owners. This week, in line with things related to labor, uh, we have an attorney expert who's a favorite um, and frequent guest on the show, uh, Matt Johnston. Matt is actually an attorney of our firm, so uh, we know his his work. And... um, I know I've introduced him many times, but for the purpose of people who may not be uh, frequent listeners, I'm going to mention a little bit about his background, and then we'll talk about today's topic. Uh, Matt is something of a space flight nerd. He grew up about three hours from Cape Canaveral in the age of space shuttle. On clear low humidity days, which are not common in Florida, they could see the exhaust plume of a shuttle launch. The Challenger disaster occurred in his junior year of high school. He actually wanted to be an astronaut. A crappy eyesight, among other things, made that dream unlikely. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So today we actually are going to, today's topic is, is on Fair Labor Standards Act. Uh, and, um, and you being the uh, expert, we wanted to bring you on and, and help us uh, learn uh, more about this act. So just right off, could you tell us what the Fair Labor Standards Act is? Sure. The FLSA, the Fair Labor Standards Act, is the federal is the main federal law governing uh, employment practices dealing with uh, wage and hour uh, matters. So you know it sets the federal minimum floor. So uh, for labor law, uh, sets the federal minimum wage. Um, and is the law that governs, you know, how many hours an individual can work before they have to be compensated by overtime. So it's, like I said, it's the federal floor states can and do, and localities can and do add to the the FLSA's um, governing regime. So many states have a higher minimum wage than the federal set minimum wage. But every state operates that, you know, if you work more than 40 hours in a work week, you have to pay that person overtime unless they're exempt from the overtime rules under the FLSA. Can you give an overview of the overtime rules? So overtime rules are are pretty simple. In a given work week, um, which has to be a continuous seven days, if somebody who is not exempt from the rules, if they work more than 40 hours in that work week, they are required to be compensated by overtime, which is one and a half times their base hourly wage. So um, one of the common things that employers will often mess up is that it is a work week based. It's not a pay period based. So, for example, many employers pay have a pay period that's every two weeks, just fairly standard and normal. And some employers will be like, well, if they don't work 80 hours in that 
pay period, I don't have to pay overtime. And that's not accurate. If they work more than 40 hours in one week, then overtime is required. So how do employers ensure that they are complying with the FLSA? So the first thing they have to do is determine um, whether a particular job, so it's based on job, uh, the job duties, whether that person is going to be exempt or non-exempt from the overtime rules. So a, an employee who is non-exempt or not exempt uh, has to be paid. And the easier way <laughs> is to determine whether or not the person is exempt because the FLSA and the government, they operate from the viewpoint that everybody is entitled overtime unless they are exempt from those rules. So it's often easier to determine whether or not a job is exempt from the overtime rules. Okay. So that's that's basically kind of the default, and then you just yeah. kind of go with exceptions. Okay. Yeah, um, the default is always going to be that somebody is is going to be eligible for overtime and minimum wage protection. And so what are some of the most common exemptions? So the most common exemptions are what are referred to as the EAP, which stands for Executive, Administrative, and Professional Exemptions. So the starting point is that somebody who is going to be exempt has to be making a minimum weekly salary of $684 per week, and that's pre-tax. So it comes out to about $35,000, $36,000 a year, somewhere in that range. That's the starting point. That salary cannot fluctuate based upon the quantity or quality of work. That's the government's rules. And then you take a look at a person's job duties. So an executive would have authority over a, a business segment or the entire business um, and have at least two, two full-time equivalent people reporting to them. So it could be two full-time equivalent two full-time employees or four part-time employees or something like that. Um, and that person has to have authority over hiring and firing decisions. So that's the executive. Um, let's skip over the administrator for a second and go to professional. Professional is going to be somebody who um, does primarily office work. They are They hold a professional degree or they have a um, a long history of, of dis well, they use discretion and judgment based upon a significant course of study. So best thing, you know, lawyers, doctors, um, accountants, professional engineers, um, certain computer professionals would fall into this category. Um, and what are known as creative professionals. So, you know, website designers, graphic designers, things like that. And a lot of people will fall into this category, um, and it's pretty useful. The other is administrative, and um, this is not your administrative assistant. This is somebody who oversees, um, say, a program manager, something like that. They have some discretion over matters of importance to the business. So, again, like a project manager. Um, somebody along those lines. The reason for that is that the reason for all of these is that it may be difficult to 
predict what their work week may look like. So as long as they're paid that minimum salary every week, then they're exempt from the overtime rules. What are the consequences, if any, uh, if employers incorrectly classify an employee as either exempt or non-exempt? Ooh, they can be very, very expensive. So um, the first is you're going to owe some liability to the employees themselves. So if you fail to pay overtime, you're going to have to pay that back over time. You may have to pay additional benefits or at least the cash value of additional benefits. Um, and that number can get multiplied by three, so triple damages to the employee. You may also end up owing the government money, so unpaid withholding taxes, for example, um, or uh, unemployment insurance premiums, uh, things of that nature. The government could also fine you, uh, so you could have some some fines that are associated with it. And then uh, if the employee sues you and is successful, you would owe that employee's attorney's fees as well, because um, the statute provides for that. And of course, you probably have to pay your own lawyers as well. So it can be four sets of damages, and it can be quite expensive. How do employers ensure that they are complying with SLA in order to avoid these uh, expenses? Sure. The, the best thing that you can do is regularly consult with either an HR consultant, so somebody who's experienced in looking at job descriptions, job functions, or an attorney with, this, with a similar experience, and take a look at each job and each job description. But you also have to look at what is the actual day-to-day of the employee. So, for example, I can create a job description that would be a non-exempt or rather an exempt job description, but that person's job duties, their actual things they do may not be exempt. So you have to be very careful with what is both the description and the actual things on, you know, on the ground, the day to day. So. It's, it's important to do this review pretty regularly, um, maybe not a couple of times a year, but at least once a year, take a look and see what's going on and make sure. There are some mechanisms that um, are available to help employers sort of self-report if there's some, some errors. And of course, you can always go back and work with the employees uh, and, and create a settlement. Uh, with the employees, if necessary. Okay. Are there any benefits to being exempt from FLSA? So, and a person who's exempt, obviously, the, the the classification is they are exempt from minimum wage and overtime standards. Now, the minimum wage is not generally going to be a problem, um, but the overtime is probably the biggest savings. So. You know, somebody, so I like to tell this story. When I was working at a law firm many, many years ago, I was working there as a as a temporary contract attorney. Um, the, the legal secretary for the name partner was sort of my quote unquote secretary. Basically, she just made sure that my timesheets got entered and was available to answer questions and get me whatever I needed. Okay. If I needed her to work extra, I needed to get uh, approval from the 
main partner of the firm. The reason being is her salary was probably about $90,000 a year, but she was a non-exempt employee because she didn't have the necessary discretion to act. So even though she was a very well-paid individual, um, her overtime rate would have been close to $55 or $60 an hour. Um, and so the advantage is really that the employer gets to save money. Um, employees who are compensated on a salary basis are often paid a significant uh, salary. And if you calculate the hourly rate for that person, it might be $30, $40 an hour. And then time and a half, which is what overtime rate would be, that person could be, you know, compensated at, you know, $45 to, to $75 an hour. And that can get very, very expensive. So if we were to summarize, what are the, you know, the key provisions of FL, FLSA that owners need to know about? And what should be the next immediate steps they can take after listening to this? Yeah, so the most important thing is to understand how job classification works. So the differences between exempt and non-exempt and who can be a non-exempt employee. That is the, the most important thing. I think most employers understand minimum wage. They understand the concept of overtime. It's a question of are employees correctly classified? And the, the best way to do it is to sit down and go through everybody's job duties and everybody's responsibilities. It's okay if an, an exempt employee has some non-exempt duties, as long as their primary job duties are exempt. So it's not uncommon for, say, a computer engineer to occasionally have to sit at the help desk. Okay, that's that's fine. So those are those are the primary things. Understanding how exempt classifications work, and making sure that your classifications are clear and accurate. And if you are unsure, consult with an HR consultant or with an attorney, and make sure that you're compliant. Because as we talked about, it can be very very expensive. Yeah, one last question. Uh, so, like, if if you were to have fine, if you were to work with an outside independent contractor, you know, contracting firm, then you don't need to worry about this, is it, or, or do you still need to worry about that? If you're an, if they're an independent contractor, so you you've hired them, you know, as a legitimate independent contractor, then you don't have to worry about Fair Labor Standards Act. You may have to worry about whether or not they're legitimately classified as an independent contractor, but assuming they are, this is not an employer's responsibility. That would be the, the contracting firm's responsibility. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time this morning. Um, how can people uh, get in contact with you or follow your work? Um, sure. Um, the, the best way to go through things is to go to our website. It's uh, Matt the Lawyer, M-A-T-T, The Lawyer dot com three t's and yeah from there you can connect with us on social media you can send us an email and you can schedule a consultation 
That's great. All right, everyone. That's, that wraps up for this week's episode. Uh, we're going to have uh, the show notes and a lot of the information that Matt provided on the show's website, www.infhorizons.com forward slash podcast. Till next time, bye for now.